This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to another episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm here today with Marisha. How's it going? David. Hello. And very special guest, we have Roe from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. What's up, Scuttle Buddies? And we're going to get into tonight one of, I know, one of my favorite movie franchises, and I suspect a lot of others. I know it's one of Marisha's as well, and I think Rose said it's one of his favorites. Um, I'm curious. I haven't talked to David about it, but one of the things we're kind of working towards is sometime later this year, we've done our pillars of sci-fi, our pillars of fantasy, and we've had so much fun doing that, we kind of wanted to continue that. So later this year, we're going to be doing the pillars of adventure. And I decided to separate action and adventure so that it's not quite as massive of a pool of stuff. But I think what most people would probably consider the quintessential action or adventure movie, action adventure movie, is the Indiana Jones series. Um, Is everybody here? David, have you watched all of the Indiana Jones films? Uh, unfortunately I have seen all of them, um, <laughs> but yes, I've seen all the Indiana Jones. Films. Wait, wait, let me I'm see. Let me guess. Fan. You're not a huge fan of the kingdom of the crystal skull. Did I call no, it? I love that one. Raiders of the Lost Ark's the worst movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Hey, the hey. Road just <laughs> gave me a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Raiders of the Lost Ark is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm a I'm a big indie fan. I um I didn't get to wa- rewatch them all fresh like this week, but I've seen them all within the past like six months. So awesome. um, I'm pretty still fresh on the brain. Fresh, fresh enough. Yes, awesome. All right. Um. So, Ro, I, did you are are these movies that you got to see in the theater when they came out? Back in the day, um, not not. Let's see, Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in what? Um, I don't know. I can't um, recall the years of this franchise like I can the Star Wars franchise. Nineteen eighty two. Raiders 81. was in nineteen eighty one. Okay. Okay. No, I don't remember seeing. I actually don't remember seeing a lot of these in the theater for some reason. Um, maybe. I mean, I definitely remember seeing. Uh, crystal crystal skull in the theater but um maybe i did maybe i didn't but okay. it definitely is one of my other you probably my secondary franchise where you know friends and i we you know from time to time we'll quote uh, some good indiana jones you know lines you know stuff so like quotable. i mean who who can't quote on a daily basis during a uh you know a, a business meeting are you, you know, what, what is the line? Um, do you ask yourself this, Dr. Jones? Do you seek the cup of Christ for your glory or his? I mean, I use that all the time. 
I mean, who wouldn't? It's like the most <laughs> quotable line in the entire franchise. Mine yeah, I, is. I love it. It's, it's, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Mine is, why did it have to be snakes? Because that's just oh, yeah, how I course. feel about snakes. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's, it's one of those jokes that like, it's probably old to everybody except me. Cause every time it's like, you know, my kids are like, Oh, why did it have to be? And they look at me like I'm crazy. Cause they haven't <laughs> seen Indiana Jones because y'all. If and I then could random, express to random you, ones too, just out, yes. of, out of the blue, I'll just go up to somebody and say, Indy, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> As one does. Well, what were you getting at Marisha? I don't remember. Oh, I, I, my kids have not seen Indiana Jones because y'all, the creepy guy ripping out the heart in Temple of Doom, like traumatized little Marisha. And my kids have seen, <laughs> my kids have seen Lord of the Rings, but my kids have not seen Indiana Jones because I'm still a little traumatized about it. <laughs> and you know that that scene was worse before the ratings people uh, took it down a notch. They right. asked Dial M to hide uh, some of that gore. Ugh. It, it what you know. Here's the thing, though. It wasn't the visuals. It was the idea. <laughs> like I didn't have to see blood splurting everywhere. And, and, and honestly, I'm not that sensitive to that kind of stuff. Like you know, blood and, and it's the idea of the thing that gets me. Yeah, it just sends me like, oh man, I feel my chest, like I feel my heart being ripped out of my chest just thinking about that scene. Right. Uh, I get yeah. what you're at. Mm -hmm. What got me was uh, the scene of Alfred Molina with his with the with the spike through his head, and you know what's in Raiders. Yeah, that's funny because the mold of of the actor doesn't look anything like the no. actor. <laughs> no, I it remember. Doesn't. Yeah, I remember seeing, you know, okay, so he goes, and then I remember seeing that scene when he pops up and he's got the spike through his head, and I'm like, who's that guy? <laughs> Fair enough, but it's, it's and you're right, like, it just it just looks like a mod, like, now it's so obvious, but I remember seeing that. That's Alfred Molina? Huh. I didn't yeah. realize that. You just watched it uh, last night. I know, Stock but, off. like, I didn't make that connection. Well, yeah, that's why it blew See? my I, it blew my mind when I saw it because I'd already seen Spider Man, so it was like, oh, "What's right. Doc Ock doing here?" And I didn't have a con. I was so young when I saw it that I probably didn't have the concept of actors yet. Right. So I was just like, "What is Doc Ock doing here?" Like, right. It just didn't work for me, but um, <laughs> that's the one that traumatized me. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, Indy. Indy has a lot of. You don't think about it at first when you first think mm -hmm. of Indy, but Indy has a lot of pretty terrifying stuff in it. I mean, the guys getting their faces melted off. Yeah, that's that's rough stuff. But Temple I, of Doom was uh, horrific. I saw Temple of Doom as a five-year-old at a sleepover. Oh, who <laughs> shows <laughs> a bunch of five-year-olds? A whole bunch of five-year-olds that didn't sleep that night. <laughs> <laughs> I bet whoever the parent was really regretted that decision by the next morning. <laughs> no. I think of Indiana Jones like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's an action adventure kids franchise, like, yay, but, but not really, is mm -hmm. it? No, not really. Because well, I was kind of thinking, I was like, oh, well, do we, you know, we're gonna be talking about this. Maybe I'll let the kids watch Indiana Jones, and then of course, you know, we get through the spike in the head. And I was like, maybe not. <laughs> That's just. Uh, a I bet your kids would love it, though. I'm sure they will, and they would, they would eat it up at the point where I can move past it. Elijah would run from the room screaming. 
<laughs> like he's, he runs from the room screaming every time the gold show up on Stargate. Like right. he, he's a, I think that one of the most impressive things about the series from a creation of it aspect is that, you know, having George Lucas and Lawrence Kasdan, who are just coming off of, mm-hmm. of Empire Strikes Back, yep. creating this whole new thing that's just, I mean, it's not as big as Star Wars, but I don't know of anything in kind of this adventure genre that's really bigger. And to have Steven Spielberg helm the, the, the right, the, you know, right. It's it's like the perfect medley of creatives, you know. I mean, Harrison Ford is like, you know, so perfect, right, in the role. Like the role was written for him, and you know, to have Steven Spielberg and Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas and like all of these people, you know, working on it, it's. It's the sort of thing that I think it would have been a surprise if it hadn't been really great. But, I mean, such a lightning in the bottle kind of thing. It's got so many, it's like its own kind of genre now. You know, you've got so many things that, I mean, even to my kids are obsessed with um, Josh Gates and his uh, Expedition Unknown, you know, and he's all, he's got his very, very clearly Indiana Jones. He never stops quoting Star Wars in Indiana Jones. No, and you know, he's he's got always got the hat and he's got the, you know, button down shirt and he's got the you know, definitely kind of evoking that and you know, national treasure. It's you know, so many things that have kind mm-hmm. of done Well and, and it's something that Lucas I, I think it's something that was kind of the brilliance of what Lucas did when he created both Star Wars and when they created the Indiana Jones franchise was that you know, we talk about nostalgia in Star Wars or in Indiana Jones, those things mm-hmm. all the time. But the thing is, is he built them. He created them with this sense of nostalgia about them already. They were yeah. built with that in there. The first time you saw this thing, it was kind of nostalgic because they were built on these these serials and pulps and things from, from the past. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's part of why it's so lasting. But that's one of the things I wanted to ask y'all is, is why is this... Why has this had so much staying power? Why is this something where we're we're still expecting another movie to get made in this franchise with Harrison Ford, you know, 40 years later? So what is it about this franchise that has given, given it such staying power? Why do we love it so much? That's a good uh, point, Andrew. The fact that uh, Lucas kind of introduced, you know, both uh, Indiana Jones and Star Wars um, on the uh, basis of the serial. You know, you've got Flash Gordon, you've got, uh, you know, Errol Flynn movies and the swashbuckling adventure movies. Um, it's it's stuff that we recognize subconsciously. And I think it's, it's, it's almost like comfort food. It's Mac and cheese. It's cornbread. It's, it's, it's the stuff that you, that you love to see the good guys versus the bad guys and getting back to basics. Um, you know, there's, uh, such honesty in Indiana Jones as a character. He's, uh, he's a professor. He's an archeologist. He, you know, he searches for these relics because he wants to save and preserve history. You know, that belongs in a museum. I mean, right. that, that line alone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tells you what kind of character he is. You know, there's no, um, 
you know, it, it, he's very different too than than Han Solo. Han Solo's almost, you know, when we first meet him, meet him, he's kind of like this anti-hero. He's a space pirate. You don't know what side he's uh, mm-hmm. he's on. But uh, Indiana Jones, you know, for the most part, you know, as soon as he gets that uh, idol taken away from from him uh, by Belloc in the jungle, you know this this guy this guy's somebody that you want on on your side, right? Yeah, um, I think that's that leads like to the perfect answer to your question is just the character of Indiana Jones, and, and is what kind of keeps it around, um, and and wants and, and keeps people clamoring for more. Um, so, you know, full of charm and life and wisdom and jokes, and, and you want to see more of him on screen. Um, and also, in, in many ways, you compare you can kind of compare it to Star Wars. You, you ask yourself, like, why is Star Wars still around? I could probably like say Indiana Jones is around for the same reasons. Um, you have this wonderful world that has been created by by super talented, this perfect melody of creative people. I think that's what Marisha said. Uh, just like the these Spielberg and, and Lucas coming together and, and you have the fantastic music and the score, mm-hmm. you have the wonderful visuals, both um, as terrifying as they may be. There's also plenty of really fantastic looking stuff in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the timeless character archetypes. Uh, you have the uh, fun, um, just, What's the imagination capturing adventure that you're being taken on? All of these things are present in both Star Wars and Indiana Jones. So it's no, you know, it's no coincidence that George Lucas made them around the same time. It was just this, this perfect, this perfect little time period of creativity, I guess. And so when you add those elements to to the franchise, I think it's gonna stick around like that. That's what that's what that's what makes a story timeless. And when it's timeless, you want to see more of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that Indiana Jones as a character is, he's the guy that every five-year-old boy wanted to be. You know, he swings around on vines and he wears a cool, and he's, you know, he's suave and he's cool, but he's also, you know, he's smart and he has a whip and he he's just he swaggers around and he's just he bumbles around just enough to make him believable um but i i really feel like um that's one of the most enduring things about indiana jones is that he just sort of encapsulates that who we saw ourselves as, as kids, you know, that just being just that cool. Definitely. He's, he's super relatable while being extremely cool. I mean, I know that I wanted to be, I I dressed up as Indiana Jones multiple times for Halloween. I always wanted an indie hat. Uh, I finally went to, when I went to, uh, the Disney, and Hollywood Studios for the first time, uh, there was like one of the authentic ones, uh-huh. but it was like fifty bucks. So I was so sad that I couldn't get it because it just wasn't worth spending that money. But I mean, like, I 
100% as a as someone who has been a five-year-old boy watching these movies, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. Um, probably connected to him more than I connected to somebody like Han Solo. Um, Han Solo's awesome. Han Solo's relatable. Han Solo's cool. But t- to me, he's just not as relatable as Indy. But also, of course, that's because Indy's actually set, you know, like on Earth. So maybe that uh, has a, he has a little advantage there. But you're right. Everyone wants to be Indiana Jones. Everyone thinks they're Indiana Jones. Everyone wants to be an Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. And get, and getting to that point, and I'm sure you guys have listened to Dominic Pace uh, talk about how his influence was, you know, Harrison Ford and mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. He's got that alpha male presence. He's got yeah. that strength. And I think that um, kind of ties back to what what you said uh, regarding, you know, every every little kid wants to be him. Mm-hmm. There's just a, you know, a strength. And obviously Harrison Ford as an actor kind of oozes that presence. Um, there's no mistaking that, uh, that, that presence on, on screen, whatever character he's in, even, you know, f- from, you know, when he walks that had that, that small walk-in role on, uh, Amer- what was it? Uh, apocalypse now where he just hands the guy, you know, a piece of paper or right. something, he just walks in. There's just something about him, you know, both, uh, both characters, but really Harrison Ford, you know, and obviously now that, uh, you know, he's getting older, you know, Steven Spielberg has said, you know, if if I do do another Indiana Jones, nobody else has taken the role. It's Harrison Ford, and that's it. And that's kind of a, a commendable thing. That's that's uh, obviously calls to loyalty, but it's a smart move because I don't know how many people would go see an Indiana Jones movie without a Harrison Ford at least in it. Probably, I mean, probably you know, the look, same look, number look of people. Solo. Yeah, probably, exactly. like probably the same number of people that went to see Solo in the theater. Exactly. And I and I like yeah. Solo, but it's like you're you're taking one of the greatest you're you're replacing one of the greatest actors of all time, mm-hmm. and and like you're Absolutely. talking about you're you're talking about a guy that just dominates the screen every time he steps on it. Yeah, and he's always the most interesting guy in the room, right? And, and that was one of I think one of the things they had a real hard time overcoming with, and we've talked about that constantly with the sequel trilogy with that you know first movie is like. You don't want Han Solo to be the centerpiece of this movie, but just him being there makes him that. Yep, absolutely. Um, and poor, what was it, Mutt? Just what didn't even hold candle. Well, oh yeah, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. I mean, he no, he's a talented actor and everything, but it was like, yeah, Mutt should have found somebody with like a little bit more command of the screen if you were going to try and get him in there that he's a guy that is just now kind of coming into his own as a serious actor that's true Uh, peanut butter falcon if you haven't seen it is a tremendous movie check it out it looked great i definitely wanted to see it but yeah maybe maybe if kingdom of the crystal kingdom what what's kingdom of the crystal skull was made at a better time like now Maybe it would work out. Um, well, maybe maybe it wouldn't have been quite as bad of a backlash towards Mutt. Now, not, not the aliens and stuff is it's like there's no fixing that. But when it comes to like Shia LaBeouf, maybe if it was made now, maybe there would have been a bit a little bit of a better reception. That's but at the funny. time, there was no way in hell. Yeah, I, I I didn't have a problem with him, but that's funny that you said the thing about the aliens because you know I'm not a George Lucas apologist 
Well, maybe I am, I guess. But, uh, you know, you have to you have to remember the role of these films in, and how George Lucas uh, relates to them. You had uh, the swashbuckling series of those of that era. You had, uh, you know, the 50s. People were starting to talk about UFOs and abductions and things like that. Um, so it kind of goes in line. I, I really wonder if 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 that Indiana Jones movie was filmed nowadays, like what era would would Indiana Jones be playing with? Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. the actor is older. Um, would he be out, you know, searching for cures in the jungle for COVID nineteen? Who knows? Right. But it, it's uh, the whole question. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff around the Crystal Skull, which yeah, there's a lot of things about that movie I like. In fact, there are more things I like about it than. I don't. I rewatched it recently and liked it more than I did when I first watched it. But the whole aliens thing, a lot of people didn't like it just because it did aliens, but aliens to me still kind of works with kind of what he was doing, you know, these supernatural artifacts. Artifacts and I think the you know the crystal skulls are one of the biggest, still one of the biggest unexplained artifacts that that are out there. Uh, now, I, I did want to ask. Well, well, I do want to come back to the crystal skull, but what do y'all want to see them tackle? I mean, because that's the thing we are talking about doing a new another one, and and what would y'all like to see them tackle hmm. in another Indiana Jones film? What is our MacGuffin? I haven't even thought about this. Um... What's the, so what the, the so the UFOs were yeah the UFOs were the fifties. Let's just say, you know, I mean, would they be going in you know ten, fifteen, twenty year increments as far as the type of of uh, MacGuffin that they're dealing with? So fifties, sixties, or seventies. What was big in the seventies um, that he might tackle? We'd have to kind of. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you tell us? Try to figure out. You were the only one alive in the seventies. Why don't you tell us? Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) I was I was seven years old. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) but technically, I guess you're right. So the seventies were to you, what the eighties were to me. It's like I mean, yeah, I technically was alive, but like it didn't really count because I I didn't really retain any of it. So. You know, I'm trying to Big think artifacts of, from history, Marisha. What would you like to see? And and I'll throw this out there. Like there were some other stories because when they originally so, took this to Paramount, they signed a five movie deal. Really, I didn't know that. And why they stopped when they did, I don't really know. But one of aliens. the <laughs> aliens, one of the things that Lucas toyed with before they decided to do the. Uh, the Holy Grail was some stuff surrounding the Monkey King. Hmm. And there were also some concepts regarding haunted castles. Haunted castles? You know, they kind of actually did that in the last Young Indiana Jones show. The, yeah. They, they, they went and did Dracula's Castle. Right. Um, maybe, it might be interesting to see them do something a little more Egyptian. Maybe look for you know, something from the Book of the Dead. You know, because they've kind of done, they've kind of done Christian, you know, uh, they've done Jewish tradition, they've done Christian tradition with the Grail. They did, um, 
you know, obviously Temple of Doom. Well, I mean, we were... still have. I mean, we still have all sorts of lost cities out there and lost what about treasures. Atlantis? And... Atlantis could be an interesting one. I know there was a game, Indiana Jones and the Lost City of Atlantis. Okay. Um, so that that would be interesting. What about, uh, you know, if we talk about lost cities, uh, maybe go back to the jungles of Central America. And lo- there's uh, supposedly a lost city that's basically just underground and it's been covered over. I'm not sure if it, that was not Central America, but, you know. Andrew's right. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, that, that is kind of still mysterious. Atlantis obviously mm-hmm. counts. Uh, lost Aztec civilizations, uh, mm-hmm. Mayans. Uh, you got uh, maybe the Olmec, you know, like with the Africa. weird kind of, you know, there there are lots of questions about some of the. Um, well, I mean, we have the lost city of gold out there. We have El Dorado. Uh, we have yeah. civilizations that predated the Inca that disappeared and we don't know anything about them except a few random inscriptions found here and there. And um, some of those great civilizations were built on top of previous civilizations. So, uh, you know, their structures. So I think, I don't think there's any shortage of of things to explore. I just wondered if this was something any, any of y'all had really thought about. I hadn't thought about it, but that's a really great question because there is a lot of things you can do. Um, I say that Indy looks for the Knights Templar treasure and in order to find it, he has to steal the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) (laughs) That has totally never been done. (laughs) No, never. That is completely Uh, original. I'm going to have to get Robbie on here to give you a lesson on uh, national treasure. treasure, What if he's like, oh, what if he's looking for... um, Oh, wait, never mind, because it would take place in the 70s. When did... Yeah, he'd still be alive. When did Walt Disney die? I'm honestly not sure. It's funny, we've got, love... we've got the most powerful computers in our pockets, and we're still asking each other questions uh, uh, and going, I don't know. 1966, uh, December 15th, 1966. 1966. Perfect, so if this there takes place in go. the 70s, yeah. he's searching for Walt Disney's frozen head. Nice. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny. I love the fact that Indiana, and I think this is partly why Indiana Jones works so well because they the um, the things that he's searching for are grounded in reality, right? And the uh, things that are so mysterious to, I guess, a lot of people um, are those religious artifacts. I mean, the the Ark of the Covenant. You have uh, the Cup of Christ. You've got. Uh, you know all sorts of things that I lo- I love, and you know it's George Lucas's fascination with anthropology and the study of man and history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those storylines are are great. And uh, Marisha, you uh, mentioned the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which I loved and Absolutely. I watched religiously. Yeah. Um, you know they are definitely structured almost as as teaching tools you know i mean who uh, you know when, when you see these stories you you really you, you know i'm sure people do a little research and say wait a minute was is did that exist was this true what's going on let's pull mm-hmm. you know the facts from the fiction and i think i think it's fascinating i i love that george lucas did that i love that these films kind of play around in that sandbox and if they continue to do so um, I think we'll be okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I do, though. I like Rose kind of query, like what was, what were people looking for in that decade? Because that has kind of always been one of the kind of driving forces. Is, okay, the Nazis are looking for 
the ark or, you know, or the, the chalice. So now we have to go find it first, or the Russians are looking for the crystal skull. So, you know, so that is kind of an interesting question. Like what were the powers that be more than nefarious powers that be possibly interested in? Yeah. As far as like, you know, who the villain would be and all that, I, I don't know, but I, you know, that would be around the time that people got really into looking for the lost pirate treasures Mm. and things like that. That'd be really cool. Um, I mean, you mentioned, uh, I, I just, it just clicked with me. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember when this, I don't I mean, I don't know when this became like a real thing, but I've always heard talks about hidden Nazi gold. Um, uh, that's sure. true. Oh, Ooh, you know, the rumors that Adolf Hitler's still alive or that he didn't die. Mm-hmm. What if, right. what if Indies tracks down Hitler in Argentina. Yeah. It could happen. Some 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 crazy chick in high school told me that Hitler's still alive in Argentina in Argentina. Still alive? Yeah, there were there were a lot of uh, Nazis that went to Argentina. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of Nazis, I think um you know, if if they're going to do one more film, it'd be kind of cool to kind of maybe mention Nazis again. And I know, you know, what if Wait, I lost my train of thought. There's two ideas that I had. So the Nazis and uh, if you guys are you guys familiar with the um, I think it's called the Nazi bell. It was supposed to be either a a uh, like a UFO that was developed or reverse engineered by the Nazis or it was a time travel thing. Hmm. Um, There are some structures in in Germany that uh, people don't know what they're for. And there are some folks that are saying that uh, it used to it used to be kind of a landing platform for a capsule like uh, vessel that was either, you know, used for flight by the Nazis or uh, time travel. Hmm. Well, that could be an interesting I, I do. I actually really like the kind of going back and like exploring, you know, now all these years later, Nazi you know, Nazi treasure, Nazi mysteries, Nazi, you know, kind of exploring that again, because that was kind of always a. Well, and all of the artifacts that disappeared off the face of the earth. Yep. After the Nazis took them. Maybe the Nazis took them to that thing and traveled them back to. Maybe they traveled into the future. And so he's trying to stop the Nazis from getting the stuff that they sent back to like 20, 2025 and they've got to intercept it before the like neo-Nazis get a hold of it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought my, uh, I thought my Walt Disney head was, was out there, <laughs> but hey. I like that idea. Marie. No, I was going to say that, you know, it would be interesting at this point to maybe circle back to the Nazis as the villain or at least a villain that's maybe not as present anymore. And because of the, the amount of things that they gathered from all over Europe, all over, you know, North Africa, you know, all these things, these kind of occult mm-hmm. uh, artifacts that they hid away that have never turned back up. So I, I do think that that would be interesting to, to kind of wrap it up by circling back to that. I really like that. that I would be. I hadn't even thought about that, and especially you know, there's talks like there is going to be another Indiana Jones movie. It never occurred to me to think, what are they going to do? <laughs> the only thing that was in my head was just, oh, that's so awesome! I can't wait to see it. I hope it's not bad. 
Right. Which is what we always think when they revisit a beloved franchise so, four decades you know, I later. I think there are things working against them. They are all older. They have to not retread old ground, but they also have to call back to the things people like. I mean, I, I think that there's more working against them than for them when it comes to making this new movie. Um, it does kind of worry me. Yeah. Yeah. As, as long as the story is well written and well thought of, I think people will be happy to go back and, and see another adventure with Indiana Jones. And I just thought of the terminology that I was having such trouble with an Easter egg. So Disney's head could be an Easter egg in the background of some treasure trove that uh, Indiana Jones finds. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. And the, He's the looking other for the thing, Infinity Stones. Yes. There you go. It's in the background. But another <laughs> story all, idea I had, you know, Indiana Jones is a character. He's got some Chicago ties because of the University of Illinois uh, at Chicago right. and uh, Marion Ravenwood, her uh, father. Right. Um, if you remember, her father was a professor at UIC. Um, Robert or John Hurt, John Hurt's character in Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he can go back. Uh, or maybe part of his adventure could be, you know, searching for what really happened during the Manhattan Project. You know, I kind of had that thought, you know, as we were kind of talking new, different, weird World War II era things. Because, yeah, there's definitely always been a lot of weird talk surrounding the, the Manhattan Project. So that's definitely something that could be explored. Yeah. I mean, that's the sort of thing. There really is no shortage of... Conspiracies conspiracies and objects of power and, and all these things yeah. that could be explored. So, ah, oh, conspiracies, Rose's favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> kind of circling back to kingdom of the crystal skull, because it had been when we got that movie, if I'm not mistaken, it had been almost 20 years between the third film and the fourth film. Uh, so, I mean, a lot had changed. And, and Spielberg's and Lucas's approach to movies had changed significantly. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about two people who went back and, and altered right. not just movies, but, you know, some of the biggest movies on the planet. And so their, their whole methodology for movie making had changed. But I just, what did everybody think about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Uh, Andrew, I'm like you. Um, I watched it recently, and I don't remember hating it as much as I f- when we when I first saw it in the theaters. I, I think it was, I guess, an acceptable entry into the Indiana Jones, you know, lexicon. I, I think, um, again, like you, there are a lot more things in the film that I really enjoyed than than I would complain about. And again, I'm I, I'm not really disappointed too much in in. Um, the alien factor, there's a lot of things in there. I, one thing that really comes to mind that I really, really enjoy is the fact that you can tell that Karen Allen is having such a blast back uh, mm-hmm. in uh, Marion Ravenwood uh, shoes, you know, s- filling that role. And it's you can tell she's she's it's radiating from her smile. It's radiating from her performance. Just the fact that, the, you know, these two actors are back uh, you know, as as the characters that we we fell in love back in in you know with Raiders of the Lost Ark, and and that's one of the things that I really enjoy watching. Yeah, absolutely. She was, and I think you're right. She just was living it up 
Uh, you know, she was not at all taking for you. She was not phoning it in. She was she was enjoying herself. Yeah. And there was a, there's a story, uh, an interview that I read with Karen Allen. She's, she was talking about how, you know, that whole, you know, phone call came to be. She would, I think she's a, a dance instructor in the UK. Um, and that's what she's, that's what she does for a living. She's uh, no longer acting, but Stephen and George would call her every other year and say, I think we're going to do something. I think we're going to do something. And after like 10 years, she's like, yeah, whatever. But you know, she was so happy that when that last phone call came in and you know, she gets flown out to, you know, wherever they're shooting and stuff like that, that she was uh, very ecstatic and very happy. So I'm, I'm happy for her. Because it really, you know, it adds so much to the story and, and the experience of that last film. Yeah, I, th- I think it does. And by golly, Marion Ravenwood deserved to finally get a happily ever after. <laughs> Poor girl. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things that I think because of some of the things people didn't like. And, and again, a lot of people just didn't like it because aliens. And honestly, that was... The only thing, the only point in the movie where I really kind of groaned was when Mutt starts swinging through the trees with the monkeys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, di- the digital like, stuff like freaking uh, Spider-Man. Were, was a lot of eye roll moving movements for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably the, probably the biggest problem with the aliens was just like, it was probably all the digital stuff. Like none of it, lo- yeah. it all looks like the whole movie just looked weird and so when the aliens thing is revealed towards the end it just that was probably kind of like this is the last straw for a lot of people to tell you the truth i haven't i rewatched all of them except for this one because i i was just like i'm so used to the kingdom of the crystal skull sucks i'm just gonna watch raiders temple and um last crusade but now I have been inspired to actually go and, and, and rewatch it. Cause I probably, you know, don't hate it anymore. Just like you guys are talking about. Uh, it's I'm probably, I'm probably, I was probably giving an unfair rap earlier at the beginning of this podcast. Um, yeah, I gotta tell I you, you know, with the, recently enough. right. And, and I, I gotta tell you, you know, again, watching it recently, just watching, um, that opening scene with the kids and the army and they, they, you know, they, they arrive at, uh, area 51, just the first time you see Harrison Ford and you see the shadow, it's got all the elements that you remember from mm-hmm. an Indiana Jones film. And that's, that's, that brings me back. And that's why, that's one of the reasons I love it. You know, and it has its moments where it's a little bit goofy, right? You know, because Andrew was... and I were watching it, and I was like, the ants, you know, like the ants in there, and I'm like, and it's and it's like it's weird, and it's like it's a little a little cringy almost, but it's very in keeping with the original movies. Like it's not less, it's not weirder than the original movies, right? And the and the and it has those things, and all of those movies had those things that they kind of pulled in that are a little bit. A little cheesy, a sometimes. little cheesy at times, but it—that's where they were really borrowing heavy, heavily from the old serials, old monster movies, things like Monster Island, with all the different creatures mm-hmm. and ants and and all that kind of stuff, and a lot of the stuff that I think people reacted negatively to, maybe they had forgotten that the originals had a lot of that stuff in them. Well, because sometimes when you saw something as a kid, you know, you didn't really. You you didn't say, oh, that's kind of dumb, even though maybe it was. But as an adult, you're like, that's nostalgic, you know, where you see 
something equivalent as an adult, and you're like, well, that's dumb. But on the other hand, as as uh, Star Wars Episode One has proved, uh, or just the the prequels in general, we, whenever those people are grown, they're going to look back at it with the same sort of fondness that you did to the original weird stuff. Yeah, I think it's always going to be sort of a problem of trying to pick up you know, a story twenty years later and yep. continue it. Yep. It's definitely one of those things where. You know, you're right. 20 years is a lot. It's a lot of time between films. And, uh, you know, Star Wars definitely suffered from that between, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. I think there's just it's just a lot of time. A lot Mm -hmm. of time went by. Yeah. And, you know, the whole the whole in that span of time, it's like the whole world changes a little bit. And it's or a lot or a lot. And it's, you know, it's just it's different. But Marisha, what are your thoughts on Crystal Skull? Okay, so I, I think that, that that pretty much my thoughts. I I went when I saw it, I actually liked it. Most people really didn't like it. I didn't love the aliens, but I was okay with it because again, Indiana Jones, you could always rely on them to kind of lean into the it's real kind of thing. You know, it's like oh no, it really is the Grail, and if you drink, you know, if you choose poorly. It's, you know, it's going to end badly. But I really was not a fan of, of Mutt. I really, like, I didn't enjoy the dynamics of, of his character and Harrison Ford a lot. Um, but on the other hand, it was very reminiscent of that kind of back and forth that, that you got with uh, Sean Connery in... Uh, Last Crusade. So it definitely, I think, feels a lot more like the original. Some people get it, give it credit for. It's maybe a little less beloved yeah. to me than, than the originals. Um, but I still think it, it kind of fits. It's not like it's a huge, jarring departure in any way. It, it fits in with the rest of the story. So I'm, I'm good with it. All right. Uh, so on that note, I kind of want to just kind of broaden the picture here. And I like all of these movies. I do like the first, the original three better than I like Crystal Skull. But like I said, there are a lot of things I enjoy about Crystal Skull. And of course it was great to get it back after such a long time of not having it. Mm-hmm. And, but what is your favorite? I want to know what everybody's favorite movie in, in the, uh, I guess quadrilogy is. Hmm. Who's going to start? I would have to. I'm sorry, Marcia. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was I, my my statement was who's going to start. So Rose going to start. What you got, Ro? I were. I will have to say that my favorite Indiana Jones movie. I will have to redo that because I hated that. Okay. I got to say that my favorite Indiana Jones movie of all the films has to be the first one. The original one, uh, we get to see Indiana Jones for the first time. Uh, there's such a cleverness in the directing of Steven Spielberg, the way he introduces him. Um, the, the, the writing is just spectacular. Everything, you know, from the beginning to the end, his adventure all the way through is just such a memorable thing. It sets so much, so many standards uh, in in that type of film, 
And, uh, you know, obviously every film, every film from that, from the Temple of Doom and, and, and the rest of them are just kind of a continuation. But the first time you see this adventure is, is, for me, is always going to be a special thing. All the rest of the movies are fantastic. They're equally great. But it's, you know, it's something about that first one is, is just very special. I agree. I, I I fully have to say Raiders. I, I think that it's it one. It's this kind of this thing that started it all, and it's it's hard to not love that. But it's um, I, I still think that it's probably the most complete story of, of all of them. It's the most well rounded. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I love uh, Temple of Doom. Um, I probably have like the most uh, fond memories of watching Temple of Doom for whatever reason. I just I get nostalgic for that one. I just remember like being in my childhood bedroom watching Temple of Doom when I probably shouldn't have been allowed to. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of things that we talk about in this show, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a recurring theme. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Last Crusade is a lot of fun. I love the dynamic between Sean Connery and and. And indie, I think that that was a great idea for a movie. Um, I, I love it; it's a lot of fun. But yeah, to, in my opinion, the Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of the best movies ever made. Um, and you know, I'm sure there's a bias to that of just loving it. You know, objectively speaking, it's probably not one of the best movies ever made. But to me, it is one of my favorite movies ever made. Everything about it works so well. Um, the music, the visuals, the acting, the dialogue, the writing, the pacing, the story, like every single thing is a perfectly meshes together uh, to create a, a great, great film. I think it, you just I think you just described uh, the process of making the very perfect film ever made. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, and, and and so when I when I put it that way, when I think about it, like. Is there anything wrong with Raiders of the Lost Ark? No. I can't think of a single fault with that movie. I love that movie. I think I definitely think it's George Lucas and Steven Spielberg at their best. Absolutely. I agree. Just wonderful storytelling, wonderful adventure. Absolutely. Um, it is it is very it is made with so much love and and so much fun. Um also, just we haven't talked enough about the music. Just one of the most iconic songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, another masterpiece. Yep. Um, I mean, when you think about, I mean, what would you consider? What would y'all consider the most recognizable themes ever written, uh, like as far as characters Imperial, and um, the? Uh, it's called the Imperial March, isn't it? Correct. Uh, yeah, Imperial March. But it's funny because all every I bet you right now before you even list them out, um, I bet you that everything you're going to say was written by John Williams. And that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of where I was headed with that is, you know, the the Superman theme and the you know all these things that it's it's kind of mind blowing when mm-hmm. you think about the number of movie themes that are the ones that when people think about movie themes the ones that yeah. jump out and. They're almost all written by one man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's all of them are written. Sorry. No, go ahead. go ahead. All of them are written by John Williams. Uh, all like the Indiana Jones, all that. 
And then what also popped into my head instantly was uh, the Spider-Man theme by the Ramones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fair. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah, or Batman, if we're going that's cartoons. A, that's another great one. That's another great one. Yeah. Um, um, but other than those two, definitely John Williams. I mean, he's the king. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. He's the king. Uh, Indiana Jones is instantly one of the most recognizable. Um, I mean, to, I, I'll be honest. Even, I still even hear like Lord of the Rings songs, and it might take me a half a second to, to register, oh, that's Howard Shore, Lord of the Rings. But the second you hear the first like millisecond of duh, like it's just it's indie um instantly and then suddenly you're 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 taken back to just all the visuals of watching you're seeing the airplane go by right after mm-hmm. he says um that he hates snakes and, and <laughs> take it off of the from the from the from the water yeah um it brings back so many memories and it's instantly recognizable without even having to think about it for more than a second you know exactly what it is mm-hmm and you can't leave off in, in the 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 conversation about Indiana Jones music. Um my one of my very favorite things in all of Indiana Jones is the very last scene of the last crusade and the music and they're riding off in the sunset. I mean, it's just absolutely one of my favorite things in cinema. And incidentally, Last Crusade is my favorite. I was going to say, we didn't get, get around to your favorite. <laughs> incidentally, my favorite Indiana Jones movie. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, the the ending and the music and the sun, you know, all of that right there, just that combination is definitely a factor in the reason why I love this movie so much. Right. Um, because it's just even though it didn't wind up being the end, like it ended the era. It just put a bow on the original Indiana mm-hmm. Jones moment in such a perfect way. And I mean, I I just adore uh, The Last Crusade. It's, it's absolutely one of my favorite movies, period. Um, partly because I, teenage me, had a low-key obsession with all things medieval. And so the fact that they were like, you know, doing all the the digging in the Middle Ages and all that, it was really my jam. And um, I wasn't allowed to see these movies as a kid. Uh, well, okay, I take that back. I saw them in my dad's house. But <laughs> once we went to live with my mom, I wasn't allowed to see these movies until I happened to cross it at somebody else's house that is a teenager. Um, and I just, I love the back and forth with, uh, Sean Connery is just one of my favorite things about that movie too, just the back and forth of the, you know, the, the bickering and they're tied together and they can get agree. And he's, I just, I, I really do love it. And in spite of the fact that Elsa, uh, Elsa Schneider, is that her name? Was kind of lame. <laughs> she was way lamer than, than Miriam Ravenwood. But that being said, just one of my very favorites. And, and what else is more, more universally applicable a line than you have chosen poor or he chose poorly. poorly. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh, definitely is a, a perfect ending to a trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've kind of talked you, a lot. No, go ahead. What row? 
I was just going to be goofy. I was going to say, you were named after the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got to love John Reese davies man. He is, he is so great. Right. And that kind of brings me around to what I wanted to ask next, kind of as we, we begin to wrap up here, was we've talked about in, Indy, and we've talked a little bit about some of these other characters, like Marion Ravenwood and... Sala and you know and his dad and all this but there's so many great extras so mm-hmm. many great other, you know other characters you know sidekicks and <laughs> and all these people you know that that are along on this ride or helping on his journey who are your favorite additional characters and Marcus is pretty fun. What he speaks all the languages, he'll blend in, disappear. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then he's, Marcus Brody. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Brody. <laughs> hello. Hello. Anyone know you know, and he's just yeah, totally not doing the blending in thing. He's he's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I know that in our in our modern uh sensibilities that uh the character of short round obviously has some issues. A little you know, it could there, there's I've seen a lot of people complaining about um the, the race the, the the very race based character and the stereotypes and things like that but i i do really enjoy short round uh i think he was a lot of fun in temple of doom i don't know if that's a pop i don't know i feel like i feel like i've heard before people say that they hate short round oh no he's adorable uh, i don't know if i'm like if i don't know if that's true or not i feel like i've just heard that before but i love it and one time we're talking. Just this just clicked for me because you asked me favorite characters, and I thought of Short Round. Uh, we were talking earlier about like what would the next indie film be. I remember hearing a pitch that Stephen Yun from The Walking Dead should play a grown up Short Round, and the movie would be about Short Round, but now as like a grown up, and he takes over the mantle as indie. I would watch that, and I would one hundred percent watch that. I would love that. Can't the actor who played Short Round be an adult Short Round? You know what? That's a great point. <laughs> What's going on with him? I, let's see. I uh, saw he's him. He's 49 years old now. I saw him on a Goonies interview with Josh Gad, who is like oh, apparently yeah. um, taken up his mantle as Nerd King within like sort of unassumingly in the past couple of years, just sort of scooped that mm-hmm. up. Well, I was going to say, it, just, it looks like the actor who plays Short Round hasn't done anything since 2001. Yeah, no, he, he's retired. I, I don't know that it means he wouldn't come back, but he has not really pursued anything beyond. I mean, he was in, you know, several really great big movies, and he just kind of, you know, he he's one of those that I, I think there were things that he wanted to do in I addition think- to being an actor, and... I, I did want to say, while we've been here talking, I, I think I figured out what I want the next movie to, to, to be about. Okay, you've got it. Either Excalibur Ooh. or the Sword of Mars or whatever the sword that was pulled from the stone was. Ah, yeah. Nice. Indiana is... Jones and the Sword in the Stone. Ooh. That'd be a good one. Bum, 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 bum. That's perfect. That's perfect. But as far as characters that I really like, I, I've always been really partial to Sala. Uh, I'm a just a huge John Reese Davies fan from yeah. from his you know from his character there to playing Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on Sliders, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. science fiction TV shows of all time. He's just 
he's such a fun actor. And actually I saw him on something just a few days ago and he was, he was like, so, you know, he says every time he sees George or Steven, he tells them, you know, that cause he was only in the first one and the third one. Right. Mm-hmm. So he always tells them, you know, the, the first one and the third one were the best movies. And <laughs> <laughs> there's something else about the first one and the third one. You know, so he, he's constantly lobbying to, to be in another one. He would be a lot of fun to bring back. Yeah. So how about you, Ro? You haven't told us your favorite character. Um, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I, I think I, I probably would have to agree with you. Marcus Brody is such an interesting character mm-hmm. and I, I love the dynamic between him and, uh, and Indy. Um, it almost, uh, you know, that first time when, when he give, when Indiana Jones gives him the cross of Coronado. No, wait a minute. What did he give him? Was it in the I think it was in Raiders, um, and that not the Cross of Coronado, but uh, there's a certain dynamic between the two characters that I'm very curious. You know, did they have adventures beforehand? Um, was uh, Brody uh, Indy's partner when he was younger? I, I'd love to find that out. I'd love to see kind of a, a prequel yeah. uh, series with them. But there's such a dynamic between the two that... Um, it just makes it makes Marcus Brody even more of an interesting character, and even with Salab, I mean, maybe maybe all three of them were were together at some mm-hmm. point, uh, you know, on these swashbuckling adventures. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I feel like Marcus is like the friend that you know he got to know when he was in grad school, and they were like, you know, doing kind of serious things and he keeps getting dragged along to all of these increasingly more bizarre adventures, you know, as, as time goes on. And, you know, it's, I mean, how, how are you going to say no? <laughs> That's kind of how I always read him. Yeah. Those are all, there's so many good characters in, in these movies. That's part of what makes them so enjoyable. But um, kind of as we wrap up, I had one last question I wanted to throw out there. So we, and we've talked a little bit about this night and, and Roe mentioned that that Spielberg has said, like, you know, if I'm going to do another one, it's going to be Harrison Ford. Would you like to see, I mean, you know, if we're being honest, Harrison's not going to be able to do these. Indefinitely. Indefinitely, yeah. or much longer. Um, if we get a fifth one, I suspect that's it with Harrison Ford. And I think we've got this wonderful, especially if they can turn out another good movie. I, I think we've got one of the best franchises ever ever made. But would you like to see this carry on, even if you dropped the name Indiana Jones, but someone's continuing the research and, and something set in this, you know, in this world that they've created in this story? Is there any way that you would like to see this story continue on outside of either Harrison Ford or outside of Indiana Jones being part of it? Besides the short round movie? Besides the short round movie. Because we've already pitched that one. All right. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> That's interesting because, you know, obviously there were rumors that, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Jurassic Park. Uh, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Yeah. Chris Pratt. That he would uh, take up the mantle. Um, I, You know, obviously I can't really see any other actor filling Harrison Ford's shoes um, for the reasons that we mentioned earlier, the presence of the actor Um, as far as maybe, you know, continuing the stories of, 
a swashbuckling adventurer in the same vein as, as Indiana Jones. I'm not even sure if that would be necessary unless they just maybe start another different franchise. Um, you know, I think these films work so well because uh, of Harrison Ford and because mm-hmm. of Indiana Jones as a character. I think, uh, you know, to to do anything else other than that would kind of be, uh, for me, it would kind of be a waste of time. I think if you're going to maybe continue that sort of adventure, maybe just create something new. Hmm. That's my that's my my take. That's Rose's yeah. take. All right. Yeah, I mean, I could imagine it. Literally, one or two things came to mind, um, and I agree with you. I think it would be kind of it's kind it's kind of like blasphemy to to do something like that without Harrison Ford. But what came to mind was so you can't just like continue doing a sequel and recast because the character himself would be too old and real like if, if it's set in 2020 right mm-hmm. now the character of indiana jones himself you can't just recast as a younger person and keep it going it doesn't work that way right the character's old but then you can recast and do a prequel but then that's just can, that can only go on for so long also but they also did how many they seasons the young of young adventures. indiana jones you know so yeah, then they you are, have to the get in the middle yeah uh, and exactly. that's not a very big window Right, it's not a very big, so you just like set it back in the in that same time period as like Raiders of the Lost Ark and just like something else. No, I not, it doesn't work. So my idea would sort of be, you're right, just pick a different character. Now make it the same like franchise, but just pick a different character, new name, and literally the connection is the title of it is written in the same font as Indiana Jones, but instead it's um, um, uh, Jack Person. You know, like, you know, just insert name here, but in the Indiana Jones for like a uh, font. Right, yeah. And so it's the spirit of Indiana Jones. Keep the music and, and, and everything, but it's just new character. Or this came to mind because I've seen like one anime my entire life and it's called Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And the way that that works is in season one, there's a character named Jojo, Joseph Joestar. And he has a, and in season two, is his grandson, um, who's also named Joseph Joestar, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And eventually they change it, and there's JoJo, like he's like Josiah, Joestar, whatever. The point is, every season it's just like this long lineage of, but they're all the same name. They're all JoJo, but, right, and right. they're all related, but it's like his grandson. So I could imagine this, and I'm sure that everybody would hate this. And you know what? <laughs> I'd probably hate it too. <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that I just thought of it, but what if it's like he has a grandson who's like you know Indiana Jones, like it's just that's his name. He's named after Indi- it. Just kept it going. Yeah. Or, or you know, they're all Indiana Jones. And I think now fans. It's- yeah, I think fans at first would uh, accuse uh, the studio of having that be kind of like a money grab. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it, it would uh, be, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, I, I, I can kind of see that. Something I mean, like, an archaeology Andrew Gore, student, Andrew Gore, and the giant spiders of Guatemala. Right, and his son Andrew Gore and the giant spiders of Peru. You know, you just kind of <laughs> exactly you keep, and then you have Chris Pratt playing, and then you can set it now, and then all of a sudden. That's the that's the way to set it up as you can do anything now. It's in 2020. It's set now. 
this is the guy, and he's, he cast a young actor. You can either do the the give him his own name and say that he his father's his grandfather was friends with Indiana Jones, or he's an archaeology student. I mean, Indiana Jones is he's an, an archaeology professor. Student. So Perfect. I mean, I mean you've got generations of at this point students coming through his classes you know he was sort of an acolyte back then of um abner ravenwood you know he that's how he got into you know and so if you sort of have someone who's that person but he he can be the abner ravenwood for for the next character yeah Mm -hmm. so what about what about the adventures of belloc oh there we go Mm. (laughs) yeah that could be an interesting uh, another perspective for sure. Do you have any thoughts, Marisha, on oh, that was way? that was my pitch okay, was, was pitch. A, you know a student or a, you know yeah and and I can see some of those things potentially working. I, I think I may be more in line with what Roe was saying. Like you take it and use it as inspiration and create something. Give us something new, mm-hmm. and. I, as much as I, I hate to see it end, I don't think, I think for me, it would be like, it's at least the end of the movie franchise. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you found a way to have a TV series with somebody, a student has Indy's journal and, and, and especially from when he was a kid and, yeah. and let's kind of like walk the path that Indy walked in the TV series. That's an interesting, so basically make a sequel to the young Indiana Jones Chronicles as opposed to the movies proper. Right. I actually kind of like that. But, you know, overall, I think that it's one of those things. It's, it's so awesome. It's so wonderful. Let it be and use it for inspiration and, and, create something new because I think that's the best thing that things like Star Wars and Indiana Jones give us is, is they spark the imagination and allow you to create something as well. But that being said, if they make a spinoff, we're totally going to pay money to see it. (laughs) And and, and that's the other side of it. If they found some way to pull this off, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. All right. Well, does anybody have anything they want to add before we wrap up? I just wanted to say, you know, if Indiana Jones, if the last shot of Indiana Jones was that, uh, you know, riding off into the sunset uh, shot and we got no more Crystal Skull, I, I, I definitely would be happy because it is really a, a really perfect way to end that franchise, uh, Marisha, like you said, like you described it. Uh, I'd be happy with with that. Um, I'm happy that we got more Indiana Jones, uh, and if they do do a fifth one, you know, I'll, I'll be in line for that one too. But, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, Hollywood has to kind of realize that maybe they should stop. Right. Um, right. But, but they never quit while they're really, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> they it, quit it once they get behind. The story and what they come up with. Yeah. And, and you're play you're sort of playing with fire, even doing the fifth movie where you did at the third one, you got the riding off into the sunset. And then in the fourth one, you, you kind of got a sort of reflection of that. He's, he's with Marion and they're, they walk out the, the doors church. and into their future. And, and that's a wonderful ending. Right. And like how many times it's like, uh, return of the King. Like how many times can you end this? franchise slash movie oh my god yeah. <laughs> right and, and you keep doing these endings and like you've landed it twice like can you, you land it a third time quit yeah so but that that's kind of 
That's, that's kind of where I, I come down on that. But I think that we're about ready to wrap up here. But Marisha, where can people find you online? You can find me on my website, princessesandpadawans.com. I am on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. And I am P Padawans on Twitter. All right. And David? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at stay underscore creative DD. And on my YouTube channel, Creative D&D. Awesome. And Ro, thank you for, I'm so glad we finally, we've, we've done some crossovers with you, you know, and we've done some, we've come on your show a lot and we've done some Red 5 stuff, but I'm glad we finally got you over here on our show. And thank you so much for coming on and, and having these discussions with us. Oh, anytime. I uh, uh, enjoy talking with you guys. I love these crossovers, uh, just kind of nerding out with uh, fellow Red 5 uh, network folks. But uh, really just uh, hanging out and talking nerdy stuff with friends is always an enjoyable thing. And uh, obviously I can be found at the Scarif podcast over at the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Brad, myself, and sometimes Alex. You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast as well and on twitter at scarif podcast all right i'm andrew gore you can find me running the twitter account for this show at sa underscore fictionary you can drop us a line and ask us questions or, or let us know what you thought about the show at the science fictionary at gmail.com and as always if you have a podcast out there whether it be ours or someone else's that you really enjoy one of the best things you can do to help out any podcast that you follow is to go to itunes and drop them a review you can find us at thesciencefictionary.com. And I definitely want to rem remember to say that we're very proud to be a member of the Red 5 Network. And you can find us and the rest of our podcast family at red5network.com and at Red 5 Network on Twitter. And until next time, choose wisely.